I'm Carson Horn, and it's Friday at 11, which means it's time for Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. So grab your toilet paper and let's get rolling. Welcome in, everyone, to a beautiful fall day here in Auburn, Alabama. You are listening to Talking Tumors here on Weagle 91.1. It is great to be back. I missed doing the show last week as it was fall break here at Auburn, but excited to get back. And yes, I figured there there would be a lot that would have happened in the uh, two-week break. And there sure enough was. There were two football games. Uh, both resulted in losses for Auburn. We're going to dive into that. We're going to uh, talk about a little bit what it might take for Auburn to uh, reach a bowl game this year, unfortunately. It doesn't look too likely, and I hate that we're even going to have to have that discussion, but we are. We're going to get into uh, the preview of the Ole Miss game, what it's going to take for an upset this weekend, and we're going to take a look at some of the bigger matchups this weekend in what could possibly be uh, the best weekend of college football uh, of the whole season with the undefeated matchups and the other uh, ranked uh, ranked matchups we're going to see this weekend throughout the country. It should be a great weekend of college football, a great weekend of sports. If you're just a sports fan in, in general, MLB playoffs going on. So a, a lot of fun things to to keep you busy this weekend uh, if you're uh, not outside in this awesome fall weather that we've got going on. But to start out, I do want to touch on Auburn basketball very quickly before I uh, get into uh, uh, straight football talk from here on out. Uh, Auburn basketball held their pro day this week, uh, and uh, from from what I read, that went well. They just did a little scrimmage, did some uh, you know the the typical uh, metric stuff to uh, test out on verticals and things like that. Seemed like that went well. Alan Flanagan was kind of a standout uh, from what I read at pro day. He did excellent, which is good to see. Hopefully, to see a uh, healthy Alan Flanagan this year will be awesome. He just returned. He was you know gone for family matters for a short while there from the team, but he is back, so great to see him healthy, great to see him performing well there at Pro Day. Of course, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the news of Chance Westry, the uh, true freshman uh, that's coming in for Auburn this year. He did have uh, arthroscopic knee surgery, going to be out a few weeks. Hopefully, he'll be good to go by the time the start of the season, uh, but he is out right now. Bruce Pearl actually had the same exact surgery. They had it done on the same day at the, at the same hospital, so that was pretty neat. Uh, uh, Bruce Pearl's already already back at, at practice and doing his thing, but he's he's not the uh, athlete that Chance is. The Chance will still be a little bit longer before he can get back and to uh, full swing of things. But Auburn basketball season will be here before we know it, and we'll get into more of that in the shows upcoming. But I did want to mention those two things. I think they're important uh, to uh, talk about. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into Auburn football. And look, I'm, I'm going to have to be negative some today. I'm going to try my best to find some positives, to talk about some positives, and to, to give a little bit of a hopeful out, outlook on some things. But I, I have to be negative if I'm going to be honest, and my goal is to be honest with you at all times. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, again, try to get some positive in there, but bear with me because I'm going to have to do a little, a little fussing and complaining uh, for a little bit here. So again, because I didn't do a show last week, I first want to touch on the LSU game. I'm going to talk about the last two games. I want to talk about the LSU game first. I was there for that game. I witnessed that in person. 
when we went up 17 nothing. I wasn't confident. Look, I was having fun. It was exciting. The environment was absolutely electric. I loved it. But 17 nothing. I said, you know, we look good. We're clicking. But yet again, here we go. We, we, don't, we don't make adjustments. And uh, second half was just rough. Uh, offense struggled. Uh, couldn't really figure out anything. LSU had five yards uh, passing in the second half. Yet they still won the game. Less than 100 yards passing that whole game. Yet they still won the game. Turnovers were crucial. Uh, Robbie Ashford had the turnover in that game right there. And uh, LSU got the scoop and score. You could tell the momentum was shifting going into halftime. You go into halftime at 17-10 to 10 after you jump out to a 17 nothing lead. And, and I knew then, I said, well, we've seen this story too many times. And there, there we go again. Get out coached. Uh, LSU's not a good football team. I think you saw that. Uh, this this past week when they got blown out at home uh, against Tennessee, they're not. Their their quarterback situation is not great. Jane Daniels, you saw, is a great athlete, but he's not a very good quarterback. But it didn't matter. Uh, you know, Auburn you know shot shot themselves in the foot uh, too many times throughout that game. Got out coached yet again, and so same old story. So fast forward now. That was a quick recap of that game. You finish out the. The, the home stand, not the way you wanted to. You lost your, your two big uh, home games of the home stand. You finish out the home stand 3-2, and two, and what do you get rewarded with? You get rewarded with having to go to Athens, Georgia, and face one of the best teams in the country in a rivalry that has been dominated by Georgia, unfortunately, uh, for not even through, you know, just in the Gus Malzahn era, but even go back to Tommy Tuberville uh, when Mark Rake was there. Georgia has dominated this rivalry for the last over over decade, uh, more like two decades. And uh, hopefully that's something that will change eventually. But the way Kirby Smart has that Georgia program uh, going right now, it's not going to be easy for that to change. So Auburn goes in there, look, a big underdog, a 30-point underdog. I really I really was hopeful that Auburn would cover that, and I honestly thought they probably would because, you know, Georgia was coming off barely escaping Missouri. Uh, did not They didn't play well in that game. Missouri led for most of that game. So Georgia had shown some weaknesses. Georgia, look, I, you know, early in the season after they destroyed Oregon, everyone kind of hyped them up, said, oh, this team may be better than last year's team, and they may end up being that way, but I'm not seeing that right now. They still got some weaknesses, and they really did not play very well against Auburn, yet they still covered because, again, a lot of the same issues that we've seen, turnovers, uh, poor play, missed assignments, uh, things like that, but really at halftime, this game should have been 7-3. to three. The defense was playing well. They were getting put in tough positions because, you know, look, the, the offense didn't expect them to be great against that Georgia, uh, Georgia defense. And, yes, Georgia has more athletes. Yes, Georgia was more talented. Uh, but the defense played well. It should have been 7-3, to three, but it wasn't at halftime. It was more than that. And then Georgia took off in the second half. They found their running game. Something that this uh, Auburn defense, I think, got exposed a little bit there uh, with their defense against the run. That's going to have to improve uh, going forward. But the big story here was just the absolute atrocity that was the offensive line in this football game. Uh, it was flat embarrassing. It was painful to watch. And, and, and again, the expectations for this offensive line going into the season, if we go all the way back to, to August, to the summer, it was okay. We've got guys returning. Yes, Nick Brahms ended up you know, having to retire due to injury. Okay, that was a big loss. But still, you still had guys who have played for the last three years returning, guys that have started for the last few years re- returning. 
So no, the offense line had not been great, but you're like, okay, say year two in this system, you know, they're gonna they're gonna know their assignments at least. You know, they're they're gonna be able to to get some things done. They're, they're not gonna be the best offense line in the SEC. They'll be middle of the pack. They'll be at least average. They'll be respectable. But here we are again. They got worse, and I, I mentioned this two weeks ago. They got worse. I I don't know how, but somehow they did, and it has nothing to do with talent. It, look, yes, and again, we know they're not the most talented, but it has to do with misassignments. It has to do with not knowing w- what to do, and that's just there's no excuse for that, and that falls on on coaching. I put that more on coaching than the players. That falls on Will Friend directly, but that falls on Eric Keesaw, the offense coordinator, and of course, it all comes back to the head coach, Brian Harson. Every, every, I think everyone probably saw the clip of Alec Jackson and not trying to single him out because it was not just him that struggled with, with not knowing what to do and not blocking and because it was the whole offense line, but everyone saw the clip where Alan Jackson just looks like he has no clue what he's supposed to do and absolutely touches no one on the play. And and that just kind of represents this season uh, for Auburn, I think. Uh, and and just what, what this has turned into, just I, I don't know what to do. I'm out there, but, you know, I, I have no clue what my assignment is. You know, as being a former high school offensive lineman and my little knowledge of offensive line, I, I watched that clip over and over again trying to figure out what in the world was the blocking scheme here, and how in the world did Alex Jackson get confused to the extent he got confused? Well, it looked like maybe it was supposed to be a slide protection to the left because that's where he went, and the guy came through his by his right side. I don't know, but when there's no one to block, at least get in front of somebody. And again, the fact that, that Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter can absolutely can't get anything going uh, running the football, it's, it's just so sad, and, and it hurts me for someone as talented as Tank. The, you know, he had the, the chance to transfer anywhere he wanted to go, including that, that school that we played this past weekend. Uh, he could have gone there, and he, he chose to stay at Auburn because he loved the university. He bought in to Brian Harson and this program, and he's and this is how he's being rewarded. It's very frustrating as a fan, and I feel for him. He deserves better. And these players deserve better. Like I said, you you don't have to be the most talented. You don't have to be the strongest, the biggest, the baddest to at least be competitive. And they're not even being competitive, and that's what's frustrating. And 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 again, it comes back to the coach to the coaching and, and putting them in the best situations to win. And Georgia's gonna they're gonna be a more talented team than you. They recruit better than Auburn right now. They have better players for the most part and at most positions. But you can scheme to try to do things that would be more beneficial, and Auburn was not able to do that. And then again, the turnovers didn't help. Look, Robbie was running for his life the whole entire game, but he did finally when something think, things were starting to click and Auburn was having a good drive. Yes, he fumbles it just inexplicable. You know, it just goes off his knee. He He's turned the ball over too much during his time at, at at quarterback, I understand the frustration of the offensive line by him. You can see that he's playing hard. You know, I think he's he, he's he's still young. He's still got a lot of development and growth that that needs to that needs to happen. But again, he got thrust into this role when really uh, he, he shouldn't have ever uh, been in it. But due to due to injuries and due to unfortunate circumstances, here he is. He was brought in more as a development piece, and he's doing the best he can. Uh, but the fumbles on his end have to stop, but the offensive line has to play better. Uh, I focus a lot on offense. De- 
defense, look, like I said, first half I thought they were pretty solid, backed up. They played well. They're thin. The defense is really thin right now. I'm going to get into that more in the in the second segment. But I thought they played pretty well. However, I am concerned about the the defense against the run game because Georgia really had not been very good running the football uh, this this year, which is unusual for them. Again, they've been very good at that in the past. So that's unusual, but they ran the ball really well in the second half, and I don't think it was all due just to Auburn's defense being worn down. So that's a concern for me. Overall, though, again, I've been hard on the coaches. I thought Jeff Schmetting had a – had a fairly uh, decent game plan, and I thought Auburn's defense was more aggressive, and I thought it turned out pretty well. It also helped a little bit that Stetson Bennett was not on his best game because Auburn was beat a couple times in the secondary, and Stetson was not able to come up with uh, some completions there. Like he he probably feels like he should have, and honestly, he, he he's right in the fact that he should. But Auburn wasn't able to make this game competitive. Brian Harson said after the game he was going to reevaluate. You know their the whole preparation, but here's the deal. I'm tired of talk. I, I, I've I've had enough of the the big picture talk from from Brian Harson. I want to see results, and uh, unfortunately, I, I'm not sure we're going to, and I'm not sure how much longer his time on the planes is going to be for him to try to prove that. But it's certainly been frustrating. Uh, but we'll see how um, how how things go moving forward. So we'll conclude this first segment with that, and we'll try to move past the the negatives and into more positives going forward here. Um, I'm going to jump into uh, a little bit more uh, breakdown of some roster issues, try to talk about a little bit of positives here in this next next segment, talk about the path to bowl eligibility, and uh, then, of course, we'll come back in segment three and preview the old Miss game. So I hope you'll welcome back to Talking Tumors now here on Weagle 91.1. So I want to do a little bit of a roster breakdown of, of some situations, talk about some injuries, and uh, talk about some different different player situations that the team has going on currently. So I want to start with obviously the big loss that came in uh, the LSU game with Eku Leota. He is out for the season. Man, I hate that for him. He was really was uh, starting to move up some draft boards, and that's really why I hate it for him because of his you know professional future. Uh, he was transferred, of course, from Northwestern. Uh, been here last, this is his second year now here at Auburn. I'm not sure though that he'll have any eligibility left. Maybe he could get a medical red shirt. I'm not sure on that. If he were to try to come back, I'm not sure again how how his injury will affect his his draft stock. But I certainly uh, hate that for him. And it's a big loss for this Auburn football team. Uh, an Auburn football team that's at, already thin at edge. I mean, not just thin. Very, very thin at edge. And so this was a huge loss. Uh, so you're really down now to you're seeing Derek Hall and Marcus Bragg play there, and you're seeing Colby Wooden move out there uh, to the edge uh, position a little bit. A very uh, you know Colby's been great this season. Uh, he he's going to move move out there some. You saw that in, in the Georgia game. So uh, Jeff Schmetting's going to have to continue to be creative with his personnel on defense. Uh, maybe he uses uh, less uh, edge rushers. Maybe you you put uh, do. A, you can do some different things as far as numbers and whether you want to go more to a 3-4, three, uh, three, more just three defensive linemen, not necessarily an edge rusher. Or what they decide to do there should be interesting. It's definitely going to be make things more difficult uh, for this staff there. Uh, so that was certainly a big loss for this Auburn team. 
And, uh, of course, it was even uh, more uh, worrisome when Derek Hall went out of the game last week. He said he's going to be fine, haven't seen anything on this week to uh, make me believe that that's not true and that he's not going to play and not going to be at 100% or as close to 100% as you can be at this point in the season. I, I think, personally, when he went out in that game, I think he just wore down uh, of, of just pure exhaustion because he's not able to come out of the game now with the, again, with the depth situation at edge. He has to play every single snap, and that defense was out on that field a ton, so I really think that was more uh, of what it was, more so than uh, a significant injury. At least that's that's my hope. So the edge position certainly is thin on this roster. And, you know, if you want to point back to why that is, well, you know, Auburn struggled in recruiting and struggled to get anybody in the transfer portal at that position. But I'm going to refrain from going into more complaints against Brian Harson and his staff for that. Uh, along with that, Landon King is taking a medical red shirt and he is done for the season. Not sure exactly what is taking place there. I know that he is not. Uh, play did not play as much as he would have liked to, uh, but there are some other things going on there that he 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 did not divulge into. But he did uh, report, I think, to Justin Hoganson that he uh, will be out for the rest of the season. So he's certainly someone that that was talked about a ton coming in the season. A you know you saw him make the great catch in the Iron Bowl last season. A very talented player, very talented athlete. He switched from tight end to receiver before the season and again just somebody who is a playmaker somebody who you want to get the ball to so I uh, I certainly hate that that he's out for this uh this season but while he was playing Auburn was unable to really get him involved like I think I hoped and I think a lot of fans had hoped to see because of his talent and his athleticism but I certainly wish the best for Landon and in whatever is going on that he'll get uh, healed up and he'll be good to go for next season he says right now his plan is to stay at Auburn he does not intend to transfer but again things are certainly fluid with all these situations uh, with these with many of these guys especially if there ends up being a coaching change you never know what could happen there and then update on TJ uh, Brian Harson said you know he is practicing some this week I don't expect him to play uh, this week maybe after the bye week he returns and then that'll stir up a whole new conversation that we'll we'll begin to have next week about what the quarterback situation is going going to look like going forward once TJ returns uh, will he come back to start a role will they, will they go back to the two quarterback system what will it be? We'll get into that, but again, the shoulder injury maybe has lingered longer than some people expected uh, for for TJ. But we'll we'll see how all that plays out. But again, that's just a few of the uh, injury situation as far as this this roster goes. Uh, again, I could be missing some. That's just some that I that I wrote down to uh, wanting to to mention. And then let's talk now. Shift gears a little bit to. Brian Harson's current situation at Auburn. Look, I don't want to speculate too much. I have my opinions. Uh, there's certainly a lot of opinions out there, uh, but no one knows for sure. Uh, Brian Harson doesn't even know for sure what his future holds. I think it is highly unlikely, uh, and I, I mean highly unlikely, like less than a 10% chance that he's back as Auburn's head coach next year. But does that mean he doesn't coach the rest of the season? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't think he knows. All I know is things aren't good. Auburn sits at 3-3 three and three, uh, currently, and the path forward does not look pretty. Uh, 
and it's certainly going to be challenging. The team has not been competitive in multiple games this year, and there's a lot of frustration with, with recruiting as well. Again, everyone knows the issues. I, I don't know where this issue stands right now. I do believe that um, uh, Dr. Roberts, uh, the president here, is focused on the athletic director search. I think that uh, an announcement on that could be happening very soon within the next couple of weeks there. And so how will the, the coaching situation be related to the athletic director search? That's something to watch very closely here. Do you want your athletic director uh, first decision to be firing a head coach? I don't know. That's something for uh, Dr. Roberts and in, in in this board to to decide as they as they try to uh, figure out who's going to lead this role. But I do think that's where the focus is right now. Uh, so for Brian Harson, his best hope of uh, maybe trying to uh, keep his job at least for the season and, and going forward is to win this week and to win going for and uh, to win the rest of the season. Uh, but that's an, that's an obvious statement, and I think that's going to be difficult uh, for for him to do. But that's just kind of where things stand now. Uh, again, there's there's a lot of opinions out there. There's a lot of speculation out there. But I don't want to uh, dive into that uh, uh, too much. So I'll, I'll just leave that there. But let's talk about now what it's going to take to get bowl eligible. Uh if you were sitting at four and two coming out of this home stretch, which really Auburn should be, uh, if they had not blown the the LSU game, then the path to bowl eligibility would be a lot easier than it is now. So now the path to bowl eligibility, in my eyes, is the easiest path is is to win the all your remaining home games, and that would get you to six and six, if, assuming you lose all your remaining road games, and therefore you're bowl eligible. However, one of those home games is against Texas A&M, who, again, I'm not super high on. I know they played competitive against Alabama this weekend, almost put off, pulled off the upset yet again. Uh, however, they do have more talent than Auburn. They're gonna, they're, they're, their defense is pretty solid, so I'm not sure how much Auburn's offense will be able to do, how well they'll be able to do against this A&M defense. Again, that game's in November. And then Arkansas now looks like to be a, a – a, Fairly winnable game. This Arkansas team is struggling. They go out to BYU. I'll predict that game later on this weekend. Uh, that looks to be a winnable game. And then you got to count Western Kentucky. So if Auburn's going to get bowl eligible, they for sure have to beat Western Kentucky, who's actually uh, not a bad team this year, by the way. And uh, But that is technically a cupcake game. They would need to win that one. That would give them the four wins. And then I think you've got to win you got to beat Arkansas. I think that that has to be a game you win here uh, coming off the bye week, the extra week to prepare for that game. Absolutely have to win that game uh, against a team who looks to be more bottom tier of the SEC West as well. So win that one. That gets you to five, and then you either have to win the game at A&M at home, or I think you have to win one of the games on the road, either that's against Ole Miss this weekend or at Mississippi State, which neither uh, will be easy task. Uh, to do, but I, I think that's your easiest road. What's the most likely? I'd say the most likely is to win the remaining home games, uh, more so than going on the road and, and stealing a game uh, against uh, Mississippi State or Ole Miss. However, I, right now, the way this team has played, it, it's difficult for me to see that happening. And, and quite honestly, that would be quite embarrassing uh, for Auburn not to uh, get bowl eligible. That would be the first time since, guess when? 2012, which this season is getting a lot of comparisons to. 
And again, I'm trying not to go down that road because I feel like this team has more talent than that 2012 team. I feel like this team is, I will say, this team is definitely more bought in than that 2012 team. So I try not to, to go down that road. But there's a lot of comparisons stat-wise to, to 2012, and, and things are beginning to feel that way. But that is the path that uh, Auburn can take if they want uh, to get bowl eligible. It's not going to be easy if I was to put a percentage chance on it. I'd give that maybe a 25% chance of happening at best. I hope it does, but I think it is unlikely. And then for this final couple minutes we've got left here, the second segment, I want to touch on a couple positives. I mentioned it right then, just a second ago. I will say the team is still playing hard. They're still giving it everything they have, and that's why it's, it makes me hurt for them because I, I don't feel like the coaches are giving them what they deserve for the effort that they're putting in. They're still bought in. They're still going out and believing they can win each and every week, and I respect that. I, I really do. I appreciate that. that they, they take pride in representing Auburn and going out there each and every weekend and playing hard. I, I loved what I saw from Jarquez Hunter. You saw it if you're watching the, the broadcast this past weekend of, of him after the touchdown, you know, hustling down there, first one down there on kickoff. He represents himself well. He represents his program well. He rep- represents the university well. And and there's multiple other guys. This team is still playing hard, and, and I really appreciate that. That's a positive, and to get, you have to give credit to Brian Harson and the staff for that, that the team is bought in. Because, again, if you're comparing to 2012, uh, Players have checked out on Gene Chizik and, and that staff then in that year. That has not been the case so far. I hope that keeps up. It's not easy when you're losing and you're losing in the way this team has this season uh, for them to continue to be bought in. So I appreciate that. Some players uh, that I'd like to call out that I think have played well, DJ James. Again, I've talked about him, transfer from Oregon. He's continued to play well. He's really stepped in and become the the number one defensive back for this team. He He's been excellent. Colby Wooden, again, talked about him having to move out to the edge, maybe some. He's great. He's got a great future ahead of him. He should finish first-team All-SEC this year. Uh, his stats are already up there uh, with some of the best in the in the country at the position. It can be a little bit quiet. I will say that. He can be a little quiet just because he's an interior defensive lineman. But he's played very well this season. Derek Hall, the same can be said about him. He, he plays with fire. He plays with intensity. He gives everything he has. He's an Auburn man through and through, and I really appreciate those guys and what they're uh, giving to this team. So those are some positives that I did want to touch on uh, there before we move into uh, previewing the Ole Miss game, and that's what we're going to get into after we come back uh, from this break. Um, a lot to talk about in, in this preview uh, so we'll uh, get into Eagle 91.1. So Auburn travels to Oxford, Mississippi to take on Ole Miss tomorrow at 11 o'clock. So now we'd be about half an hour into this game uh, tomorrow at this time. This is it's a fun matchup. It's always fun to play Ole Miss out of every team in the SEC West uh, since the SEC split into divisions. Uh, Auburn has not beaten anyone more than they've beaten Ole Miss. They have dominated the series. And they dominated it uh, recently. In fact, uh, winning last year when there was still a lot of positivity and excitement around this program, when Auburn was sitting at six and two after defeating Ole Miss at home in what was a super fun game. I was there last year for that one. It was a great night, and I left that with a lot of optimism going forward. Turns out 
Auburn lose the next five uh, games and what will be a shocking uh, ending to the season for Auburn and kind of set the tone for where things went uh, this season. So this this game last year with the last positive note, I guess you could say, uh, of, the, of the Brian Harson era so far uh, at Auburn. So can Auburn pull off the upset against Ole Miss this weekend? I think it's possible. I, I think it's unlikely. Uh, it can be done. But it's going to take some some key things happening that we'll dive into here as we look at the breakdown. So I'm going to start with the Ole Miss offense, and then we'll we'll do our typical way of how Auburn should defend, and then look at Ole Miss defense and talk about how Auburn should attack. This Ole Miss offense, led by quarterback Jackson Dart, of course, no Matt Corral this year as he's off to the NFL, but Jackson Dart with the transfer that Lane Kiffin got out. You're going to see tons of transfers on this team. Uh, Ole Miss did an excellent job in the transfer portal. And uh, getting guys in there. So you're going to see transfers all across the field for this Ole Miss team. Jackson Dart, it starts at quarterback with him. But really, this offense this year, unlike Lane Kiffin teams of the past, it begins and it ends with the running game. That's not typical of Lane Kiffin teams, but he play, he's playing to his strength, and his strength is his uh, running game and these running backs that he has. Really, everyone thought with this Ole Miss team coming in that it would be Zach Evans show at running back. Well, he's been a little banged up, and that opened the door for true freshman Quinshawn Judkins out of Montgomery, Alabama, who has been absolutely incredible. He's averaging 6.1 yards per carry in this season. So Zach Evans still banged up. I do believe you'll see him some, but Quinshawn Judkins will more than likely get the heavy load. And this offensive line for Ole Miss, again, if you're going to have a running back averaging 6.1 yards per carry, uh, you've got to have a pretty good offensive line. That offensive line has been very solid this year uh, for Ole Miss. They are undefeated, had the big win against Kentucky a couple uh, uh, weekends ago, and they're looking to keep things rolling, keep their hopes alive uh, in the SEC West here. Uh, as far as things on Jackson Dart, he, he is certainly a pass-first quarterback. He will run, don't get me wrong, but he wants to stay in the pocket, and he wants to make throws. And he's been able to do that this year because he's only been sacked once. And that's a testament to this Ole Miss offensive line. Like I said, they've been very solid uh, all the way around in, in, in run blocking and in, in pass blocking. Uh, they, they have been a strength of this team this year. Uh, so Jackson Dart, though, he, he has been a little bit... Um, Let's see, say I get the word for inconsistent. Sorry, that uh, I don't know why that word left me there for a second. He's been a little inconsistent. He will make some mistakes. Yeah, I've thrown some interceptions. Uh, so Auburn defense will certainly look to capitalize on that. But Ole Miss overall has been very efficient offensively. So, so if I'm looking, uh, if I'm Auburn in this game and I'm looking, okay, what's my best way to have success against this Ole Miss offense? I, I, I think you got to load up and stop the run. I, I'm not saying you put eight in the box and play man-to-man coverage the whole game because, I mean, Jackson Dart's good enough to, to beat you if you do that. But I am saying you, you keep guys closer to the line of scrimmage. You you force uh, Jackson Dart and this Ole Miss passing attack to beat you uh, over the top. They don't quite have the weapons that they may have had in the past at receiver either. So, look, I'm going to say we're stopping the run. Beat me, uh, beat me in the air. That's certainly what Ole Miss is going to do to Auburn, and that's what if I'm Jeff Schmetting, that's what I'm doing to this Ole Miss defense. I'm trusting my secondary. My secondary probably uh, minus, you know, maybe you could argue for the defense line, but secondary probably been more the strength 
uh, of the defense. So I'm going to trust them. I'm going to trust them to be able to play uh, a little bit closer in and still trust them to not get beat uh, over the top of these Ole Miss uh, receivers. And then, of course, get pressure on Jackson Dart. I talked about how he... Uh, can make mistakes, how he's thrown some interceptions, but the fact that he's only been sacked one time. So get to him. See if you can force him uh, to make some mistakes. If Auburn's going to pull off the upset here, they've got to come up with turnovers. So force him into some tough throws, into some tough decisions. And again, he won't stay in the pocket. So if he does that, make him pay for it. Get him to the ground and come up with a sack. So look, this Ole Miss offense, uh, it's easy to say, not easy to do. They're not going to be easy to stop. but if Auburn's going to have a chance for the upset, they've got to stop the run, at least slow it down, and they've got to force Lane Kiffin into some uncomfortable positions, force him to do some things that he doesn't want to do with this offense in this football game. Now, as for Ole Miss's defense, they're actually improved. They're, they're, they are better defensively than they were last year. Um, that, that, is, that is something that Lane Kiffin has, has harped on. He did a good job in the transfer portal getting guys to help uh, this defense. And speaking of that, i I'd go ahead and mention they have two Auburn transfers on their defense. Ladarius Tennyson, who played safety for Auburn. Uh, you'll see him out there for Ole Miss. And J.J. Pegues, uh, the beloved Auburn uh, uh, star, played uh, some uh, tight end under with Gus Malzahn in 2020 as a freshman, moved to D-line last year. He's originally from Oxford, and he transferred to Ole Miss after last season. So he is there. You'll see him rotate on the defensive line as Ole Miss plays a ton of guys on defense, and they are gonna they are gonna stay fresh the whole game. If you remember back to kind of how Auburn used to do it under Kevin Steele, defense coordinator, and Rodney Garner as the line coach, uh, they're gonna rotate guys, a ton of guys on the defensive line, but really they rotate guys throughout their whole defense. So they'll stay fresh defensively, and that's important for a team that runs up-tempo offense because you can get off the field really quickly if things don't go well uh, up-tempo offensively, so it's good to keep your team fresh. But this defense is only giving up around 330 yards per game. Uh, that is that is not bad. That's uh, above average uh, for college football uh, this season. And here's the kicker for Auburn that uh, Auburn fans – probably aren't going to hear, not going to uh, like to hear. Uh, they're allowing just over 100 yards uh, rushing uh, per game. That's really solid uh, defense right there uh, for Ole Miss. And they have a very good pass rush, which is also not fun for Auburn fans to hear. They are averaging uh, 16. Uh, they've had 16 sacks this season, which is very, very high up there, uh, one of the tops in the country. I will say, though, their weakest spot is their secondary uh, on their defense. That is somewhere that Auburn uh, can exploit offensively. And But, again, Auburn's passing attack, obviously not the strength right now, but there's really no identity for Auburn offensively. Um, so when I, when I dive into really how this Auburn team should attack, I'm just going to keep it simple. Get back to the basics. You know, last week you just struggled in basic fundamentals. So just focus on yourself. That I, I, that's what that's what I've got here. Focus on focus on yourself. Know your assignments. Block the guy you're supposed to block up front, and just see what happens. Don't try to get too fancy if you're Eric Keysaw or or Brian Harson this week. Just see if we can just focus on doing the simplest of things. Can we run just our basic bread and butter plays and have some degree of success with it? That's where I am. I know it's sad to really get back to that point in what your seventh game to really have to say that, but. 
That, that's where I'm at. Just get back, try to be able to execute the simple things offensively. That's running the football. You know, just whatever whatever it takes. Simple zone schemes. You know, simple power schemes. Just run the basics well. Uh, and you're going to have to win some one-on-one matchups up front. Uh, you know, this again, a solid old Miss defense line that's going to be fresh. You're going to have to win some, some battles. And then get it to your playmakers. I say this every week. Get the ball to Tank Bigsby. Get the ball to Jorquez Hunter. And please... Please get it to Javarius Johnson. I don't understand why he has disappeared when he's been the, uh, the most talented uh, receiver for Auburn. Please get the ball to him. Let him make something happen and see if you can get a matchup you like. You're, you may get some man-to-man. You're probably going to get some low safeties because they're not going to respect this passing game. So see if Robbie Ashford can let it loose. See if these receivers can beat Ole Miss defenders over the top and you can make some big things happen downfield. I think that's a possibility. So I, I may get a little bit aggressive. What do you have to lose if you're Eric Keesaw and Brian Harson? And be aggressive in this game. See if you can make some big plays happen uh, in the passing game. But honestly, most importantly, turnovers cannot turn the ball over. Uh, if you're if you're Robbie Ashford, that has to stop. Uh, can't fumble. Can't throw interceptions. If you're gonna have a chance for an upset, absolutely cannot turn the ball over. So for Auburn to pull off the upset, I'm going to go ahead and predict this predict this thing, and then we'll move into other game predictions in the final segment. For Auburn to win this game, I think they've got to win the turnover battle by at least two, and they've got to uh, be very good on fourth down. Ole Miss will definitely go for it on fourth down, so getting off the field uh, on fourth down will be huge for this defense. And it's going to take a little luck. It's, it's going to take the ball bouncing Auburn's way uh, in this game. I just don't see that happening. I think Auburn can at least be competitive, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but I've got to go Ole Miss. I, I just I can't pick Auburn in this game. I, I like to. I just I, there's not. I, I haven't seen enough to to give me confidence even to pick an upset in this game. So I'm picking Ole Miss, hoping though that Auburn can pull off an upset here. So with that, we'll go to our last commercial break of the day, and then we'll come back and I'll have to scoot through these some of these predictions fairly quickly because I've got a good many games and I want to focus on some of these top matchups the most. But we'll get back to a minute here. I'm talking tumors on Weagle 91.1. And as I mentioned in the open opening, this uh, weekend of college football has the chance to be the best one of the whole season. A lot of great matchups. So we're going to dive into some predictions here. Let's start out with Penn State at Michigan. This one should be a very exciting matchup in the Big Ten, a top 10 matchup. We're finally going to find out a little bit about Michigan. Look, Blake Corum has been absolutely incredible at running back for the Wolverines. J.J. McCarthy has really settled into that quarterback role. They look good, but their level of competition has been fairly weak. So they're going to face a good Penn State team this weekend, uh, Saturday at 11, and we'll see what they're made of. But this game's in the big house. Uh, I like Michigan uh, but I think Penn State's going to give them a run for their money. If, if Penn State can really get clicking, if Sean Clifford gets gets clicking in this passing game, I think the chance, this game has a chance to be a, a shootout, but Penn State's going to have to bow up. They're going to have to defend the run uh, really well. Of course, they've already dealt with a hostile environment. They've been to Jordan-Hare Stadium uh, this season. They were able to quiet it pretty quickly, though. Uh, if they could do the same against Michigan, get off to an, to an early uh, hot start early in this game, that could be crucial. But... 
I'm tempting fate here in the past when I've when I've uh, hi, uh, jumped on the Michigan train. It it is it uh, not been good for me, but we're, we'll see. I actually believe in them. I think that Hardball has this team clicking. I think they're they're a true contender this year. So I like Michigan in this game. Kansas at Oklahoma. Kansas and TCU, of course, college game day was there this past weekend with Kansas off to a hot start. They lost that game in a heartbreaker against TCU. Oklahoma, man, what in the world? They are winless so far in Big 12 play. Uh, Oklahoma Sooner fans not happy with the start of this Brent Venables era. It has not gotten off to the way they thought it would, and they are obviously very frustrated. And can Oklahoma get this thing turned around? Look, I, I think it just it's going to take some time uh, for Oklahoma. I, I'm still, you know, not. I, I don't know if Brent Venables is not going to be the answer there, but but I, I don't think after six games that you just check out if you're an Oklahoma fan and say he's not the the right guy for the job. Uh, but as far as as Kansas goes, they had the injury to their their star quarterback uh, Daniels this past weekend. They said he was going to be out for the season, and then he said on Twitter that was not true. So who knows what the quarterback situation is going to look like there for Kansas. But I just feel like uh, that that Venables is going to get this win at home this weekend for Oklahoma. Personally, I'd like to see Kansas win it. They've been a feel-good story this year in college football. But again, with their quarterback situation kind of up in the air and the way that Oklahoma season has gone so far, I think Oklahoma gets their first Big 12 win uh, this week. Crazy to say, talking about Oklahoma, they've been so good for so long. Uh, I, I feel like they get their first Big 12 win against Kansas uh, tomorrow. Alabama at Tennessee. Wow, finally. Uh, it has been so many years since there was excitement around this game. This rivalry has been just destroyed uh, by Nick Saban. And it's been hard to even call it a rivalry, but I know Alabama fans and Tennessee fans alike are very much looking forward to this game. Uh, this game has been talked about and, and hyped up like none other this week. And that's because you got number two Alabama at number six Tennessee. And just because of the, the hatred that's still there between these two teams, and just because the desperation that's there for Tennessee fans because they have not won this game in so long. You know, if you're a Tennessee fan, I think you got to be feeling, if not now, then when. And, and that is true. Like, if we don't this year win, when, when are we ever going to beat them? You know, I, I think that Josh Heupel has this program in a excellent spot. Hendon Hooker is an excellent quarterback. He is playing extremely well. Uh, Alabama, of course, the, the Bryce Young situation is kind of more the, the dominating headline of this game. Is he going to play? Uh, if so, how effective is he going to be? You saw Alabama... Just about lost to A&M last week with Jalen Milrow having to play. I think Bryce Young will play in this game. Uh, Nick Saban yesterday, I believe, said he was he was on a pitch count at practice, meaning they're limiting the, the amount of throws. If he can't play, then I, I think most everyone would agree that, that Tennessee is probably going to win this football game, including myself. Assuming Bryce plays, I'm picking Alabama. I, I know the popular pick uh, this this um this week has been to pick Tennessee, and that certainly makes sense because of what I said. If not now, then when? It just feels like the right moment. I mean, Neyland Stadium, I know, is going to be absolutely insane. Uh, I know those fans are going to be wild. That environment is going to be like none other this this weekend, and I'm sure it's going to be a, a fun environment to experience for those that are there. 
but when everyone's going against Alabama, I I, I can't do it. You know, I, I went against them a couple weeks ago, but that was because uh, no one no one else was, and, and and I thought for a while that I was going to pick Tennessee this week, but now all the hype is kind of towards Tennessee. So I'm going Alabama but again. That is assuming Bryce Young is healthy. And even if he's not 100%, which I doubt he will be even if he plays, he at least has to be able to throw the ball with precision and accuracy because if he if, if this Alabama offense is one-dimensional, then that's just as bad as you know Jalen Milrow, Milrow having to play in this game. So I like Alabama, but Tennessee can certainly win this game. Look, Hendon Hooker is going to have to play incredible. He, he, he's, been, he's only thrown one interception. He's going to have to keep that up if they're going to win this game. Uh, he absolutely cannot turn the ball over. And defensively, they're going to have to figure out a way to slow down this Alabama run game. And Jameer Gibbs, who's been incredible uh, this year uh, for the Crimson Tide. So I think Tennessee can, but I'm going Alabama in a close one here on the road. And uh, Tennessee fans will be left scratching their heads wondering, man, when when are we going to finally win this game? It's going to come. I I certainly believe it will. I just don't think it's going to come this year, even though the moment does feel right. Uh, Just because it feels right doesn't mean it is always. So uh, that goes for life as well. Uh, So Oklahoma State at TCU, another super exciting matchup this weekend in college football. A great Big 12 matchup. And, of course, former Auburn defense coordinator Derek Mason, defense coordinator at Oklahoma State. TCU coming off the the win at uh, Kansas, and you can argue they look like the best team in the Big 12 right now. Max Duggan, their quarterback, is playing outstanding. Sonny Dykes has done a great job in year one here at at TCU. This Oklahoma State team uh, that's coming in here undefeated, coming in here confident, that is clicking uh, on offense. It's already been in a tough road environment at Baylor and one, the Big 12 is super hard to predict this year because I think most of the teams in the Big 12 are all pretty much equal to one another. So anything can happen on any any given Saturday. But after seeing Baylor go down to not a very good West Virginia team last night, I, it, it kind of makes me, I was originally leaning more towards Oklahoma State, but I'm going to go TCU in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But I... I because of TCU being at home, I'm going to give uh, credence to that and going to pick the Horn Frogs in this game. But again, it, the uh, Big 12 is hard to predict, hard to predict this year. Uh, so, but I'll go TCU. And then another ranked versus ranked matchup we're getting in the ACC, NC State at Syracuse. Syracuse still undefeated. They're going to sell out the Carrier. Well, used to be known as Carrier Dome. It got renamed, but they're going to sell that uh, dome out to face NC State. However, I like Devin Leary and the Wolfpack to come in here and give NC State their first loss. I mean, give Syracuse their first loss this weekend. Sorry, I'm having to move through a little bit quicker as we're running low on time here. Clemson at Florida State, another ACC matchup. Florida State started out 4-0. Now they're coming off two straight losses. The line's only about 3.5 here for Clemson. I think really do because this game is at Florida State. And because they're coming off three straight, I mean two straight losses, but I like Clemson. I like the way they're clicking. They look like the old Clemson so far this season. I think they keep that rolling, and I like them to get their win. And for Florida State to get the three straight losses, and for Florida State fans to start getting a little bit frustrated with Mike Norvell again after they are pretty pleased with how things started this season. Obviously, LSU at Florida. This game has had. 
uh, a lot of drama in it in history. And uh, but this year, two not great teams going at it in the swamp. Uh, I think this game will be low, lower scoring. Uh, neither offense super explosive. Uh, I think, uh, but I think Florida will pull this one out. I think they have better quarterback play. Uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, better quarterback than uh, Daniels for LSU. So I'm going to go Florida in this one because of that. Uh, Mississippi State at Kentucky. I do believe Will Levis will be back this week uh, for Kentucky. That'll be a big get. Hopefully he's back to full speed. You can tell this Kentucky team is not near the team they uh, they should be uh, without him at quarterback uh, as they lost South Carolina last week without him. But Mississippi State, I'm very high on this team this year. But with Mike Leach's teams, you never know what you're going to get. They could, they look like the best team in the country some weeks, and then they they look like they don't even belong in games. In, in other weeks, they somehow, uh, you know, like the LSU game, somehow lost that one when they shouldn't have. However, I, I think they're going to be clicking as uh, Mike Leach returns to some old uh, stomping grounds, and I think Mississippi State gets a win on the road. This should be should be a fun matchup, though, to, again, to see Will Rogers and Will Levis uh, deal it out here, uh, assuming Levis is good to go this weekend. A big Pac-12 matchup to conclude our predictions, USC at Utah. Utah struggled this year. High expectations ranked number seven in the AP poll to start the year, but they've dropped multiple games at this point, yet they are home favorites against the undefeated uh, USC Trojans, and I think that's because people think there and there are weaknesses with this USC team, and I think there are expectations that okay, this Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, this this team's eventually uh, you know they're bound to lose, and I agree that they are bound to lose. However, I don't think it's this week. I I, I think that uh, USC gets it done on the road uh, against Utah, and Utah fans are are left really without much hope of trying to mount a comeback and somehow still getting into the, the Pac-12 playoffs. But this is a desperation game for Utah, which makes this game dangerous for USC. And this is still a fairly solid uh, Utah defense, probably the best defense that Caleb Williams has faced so far this season. Uh, yet, I'll go USC. So thank you all for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll certainly be back next uh, Friday as it'll be the bye week for for Auburn, uh, but we'll get into some different topics, maybe talk a little bit more basketball. We'll come up with some things to discuss. If you have any ideas, I'm certainly open to, to hearing what you'd like me to, to cover next weekend on the show. So I hope you all enjoy this wonderful weekend. It should be a great weekend of college football and sports in general. So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Talking Tumors. Make sure to tune in again next Friday at 11 for another edition. Also, make sure to check out Weagle's 24-hour live stream on WeagleFM.com and follow us on social media at Weagle underscore AU. War Eagle and see you next time.